ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is another episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. And surprisingly, the Eagles are coming off of a very satisfying, convincing win against the Denver Broncos. And they got a Player of the Week award in Darius Slay for Defensive Player of the Week in the NFC. So you gotta love the, the fun things you can take. Uh, and now the Eagles head back home where they have not won a game all year. And they welcome in the New Orleans Saints, who always find a way to crush our hopes and dreams, no matter if it's the regular season or the postseason. Uh, and of course, it's Eagles enemies. It wouldn't be Saints week without welcoming in Mr. Ralph Marlboro himself at Saints Forecast on the Twitter.com. What is going on, my friend? Welcome back to the show. What's up, Kyle? Well, you know, we didn't, the Saints didn't crush your hopes and dreams last year. Y'all ran all over them, at least in the first half. And uh, the Taysom Hill experience, that's, that's, that's when it went kind of sideways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, the thing with the Saints, man, is their injuries are horrific. I mean, I don't know if you saw the injury report today. Alvin Kamara was back, but both of the tackles missed. So, uh, once one guy returns, two guys are out. You know, maybe, you know, we'll see later in the week. But, I mean, the injuries – been uh, horrific this year and uh, battled the little things, you know, like kick an extra point, for example, are, are, are problematic. Yeah, it, is, it has been a weird year in the NFL overall. The Eagles are dealing with a handful of injuries themselves. Um, but since the last time we talked, Ralph, which was obviously last season, uh, Drew Brees was the, the quarterback de facto for this Saints team in his final year playing in the NFL. He retires. Uh, yeah, Jameis Winston to kick off the year, and he was looking pretty okay. He gets injured. He's done for the year. Taysom Hill is there. Trevor Simeon is now the quarterback. Talk to me about this quarterback room that is ever-changing for the New Orleans Saints because Sean Payton just loves having as many quarterbacks on the field as possible. Well, I think it's interesting with uh... – Trevor Simeon, you know, Jameis was, was playing pretty well, and he was about to cook the Tampa secondary, by the way. I feel really bad for Jameis. I mean, he was going to give it to Tampa, even though they went with Brady and they won a Super Bowl, so they wouldn't feel that bad. But he was going to cook that terrible Tampa secondary. And, of course, he, he injured his knee, and, and he's done. The interesting thing with Simeon is not that Simeon's a better quarterback than Jameis, but Simeon, in a very unique way, he highlights the awfulness of the Saints receivers in a way Jameis didn't. And the reason is, Sean Payton, all summer and all during the year, had sort of imprinted on Jameis and impressed upon him, Jameis, don't turn the ball over. Don't do Jameis Winston-type activities uh, of throwing interceptions. So Jameis was very conservative with the ball. And he would run and scramble instead of turning the ball over. And it worked really well until it didn't against Tampa. He had actually four rushes for 40 yards against Tampa. He blew out his knee and he's out of the air. The thing with Trevor Simeon is he doesn't scramble, Kyle. But the one thing that he does do is Trevor Simeon will make the read and be like, oh, Saints receiver that's, a, that's old and washed like Kenny Stills or Kevin White who was never anything, you got a one-on-one? Go make a play, and he'll throw up 50-50 balls, and Saints receivers a lot of times drop it. They've dropped 14 balls the last three weeks, I think. So it's interesting in that he highlights the Saints' awfulness at receiver in a way that Jameis didn't 
even though we knew the receivers were awful, because they're all UDFAs and Kenny Stills, who weirdly has forgotten how to catch, which, if you, as you know, sometimes old receivers, I guess they just get hit too much that they just get the yips. Um, but the Saints receivers are terrible. Their best one is a, like a dude who's like five, six and a half, Deontay Harris. But Trevor Simeon has been pretty good. He takes bad sacks like he did against Tennessee. But Kyle, like, he's Trevor Simeon. Like, <laughs> like I, I, tell, I tell Saints fans on Twitter, I'm like, what do you want him to do? Like, understood. When they played Teddy Bridgewater in 2019, we were really sort of hypercritical of Teddy, and we and we analyzed all his stuff very deeply because there was a possibility that like Trevor was going to be the heir apparent to Drew. So we were like, "What's Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling? What's his floor?" And that sort of thing. With Trevor Simeon, he ain't the future, baby. I'm just like Trevor Simeon threw for 298 yards against Tennessee, didn't throw the, didn't turn the ball over, had two touchdowns. Like, what more do you want? So like, as far as Trevor Simeon, he's been pretty good. The thing with the Saints is, I mean, like, their receivers are terrible. Um, you know, Mark Ingram's been a shot in the arm. He was great against Tennessee. Uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting against Philadelphia. Because you know, Kyle, y'all, like, y'all's turnaround has been grounded down. You know, let's run the ball. The one thing the Saints can do is stop the run. And since David Onyemata has gotten back, it's even better. Like, they have given up two and a half yards to carry the last three weeks. But the thing is, Philly, y'all gashed them last year. Jalen Hurts ran all over them. Sanders. So, like, as Saints fans... We are always, like, hyper-comedy, like, you want to run the ball? You ain't running the ball against the Saints. But Philly, we're like, eh, they kind of did run the ball over us. So uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's going to be a really interesting game Sunday, I think, because both of these teams are pretty evenly matched. And it's going to be super interesting because, obviously, last year the Eagles, you know, stunned the Saints and uh, pulled off that upset win with Jalen Hurts kind of going on that four-game stretch that he had at the end of the year last year to kind of showcase his talents but whole new coaching staff that you guys have to prepare for now uh it's a lot different than it was last year and Eagles fans are you know myself included pulling our hair out at any mention of you know roots and flowers and uh Jonathan Gannon just you know kind of melting in crunch time uh when it comes to coaching defense but I I do think it's an interesting aspect that you know, last year Jalen Hurts was able to, you know, use his legs against this team, move the ball a little bit with his arm. And now I've asked everybody that's come on the show this year, Ralph, because it is so new for, you know, people who watch the Eagles and Eagles fans and team people that cover the team. How do you view this Saints defense matching up against the speed element that the Eagles present on offense with Jalen Hurts' ability to run the ball with his legs, to have a guy like Devontae Smith out there who had his best career game last week against the Broncos? Uh, you have a Quez Watkins out there. If he decides to run forward, Jalen Rager's out there. Uh, and then you obviously have the ground and pound element, and then you have Dallas Goddard at the tight end spot. But how do you view the Saints defense matching up with the speed that the Eagles present on offense? We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens 
as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Well, it's been really interesting. You know, the Saints, you know, we joked on our podcast, we're like, Maybe Marshawn Lattimore needs to put the cast back on his hands so he can play like he did in October. <laughs> because he's been really kind of bad the last couple of weeks. Tennessee was weird. I mean, Tennessee, they had four plays over 16 yards passing the ball. They didn't really, but they didn't really do that much. But again, they had A.J. Brown, but they, you know, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have Julio Jones. You know, now Lattimore is one of those guys. The better the receiver, the better he plays. Like we worry, Saints fans, when 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 Lattimore's playing a star, we're like he's good. He played play, play Mike Evans, play Antonio, play a star, play play the Packers. He's he's good to go. It's when he plays these nobody receivers that he gets roasted. And the thing is with the Saints is they play pressed man. They prioritize stuff in the run. So teams run cross and runs on them, and sometimes gets them. Um, I would say this again against Philadelphia. The thing that I'm interested in is I know the Eagles are very analytics based and that sort of thing, and the running the ball is sort of not what they're known for, except this this, this new stretch. My question is like, if the Saints stuff their running game, are they going to commit? Are they going to stay committed to it, or are they going to be like, you know, we did this for a quarter and a half, we have 11 carries and 29 yards, like? We're done with this. We're, we're going to be start more throwing the ball. Um, the other thing is, you know, the Saints played Daniel Jones, and I know he's not, no, not maybe not quite the runner that Jalen Hurts is. But the thing is, against the Giants, the Saints sort of they focused on keeping Daniel Jones in the pocket. Don't don't let him scramble and beat him. And it worked for three and a half quarters, and then it completely fell apart, and Daniel Jones lit them on fire. So it'll be really interesting to see if the Eagles like do they do they run do they run play action on first down do they do they or do they do, or they do they stay committed to the run you know it's gonna it's gonna be interesting the thing I'll say with the Saints Kawan Alexander and Demario Davis has been playing incredible uh, and Mal- Malcolm Jenkins Eagles legend right that dude does an ace like he's still really good and. Unless it's an elite, elite tight end, he does really well. So, like, and they lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, they, they, but they traded for Bradley Roby. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they match up against the Eagles. The one thing I will say for the Saints defense, they haven't created a turnover in two weeks. And their defense, they need to create turnovers because their offense needs help to score the ball. So, it'll be really interesting to see. How do you think the Eagles are going to play it where – are they going to prioritize running the ball, not turning it over, or are they going to throw a lot with Jalen? It's like, what what do you think the Eagles' plan is going to be? I, I've seen it from both ends where earlier in the season when the run game wasn't working, like obviously that Dallas game, they ran the ball three times the entire game, and it was just like, let's throw, 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 because we're playing from behind. And I've seen where the run game's not working, and somehow Jalen Hurts is now the leading runner, and they use him as the extension of the running game and allow him to get wild. They'll let him take carries 10, 11, 12 carries a game. And he's able to, you know, create space. He's able to get open and pick up yards for this team 
to keep drives alive. But that I, I agree. I think that's going to be the interesting aspect of all of this is, you know, which running back do the Eagles decide to use? You know, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard with Miles Sanders, you know, just today opening up that 21-day window to come back from IR. It's going to be one of those things where I'm looking to see, okay, is it a Boston Scott type game? Is it a Jordan Howard kind of, you know, pounded up the middle type of deal? Or is it going to be, let's use the RPO and allow Jalen Hurts to use his legs and, and you know, extend plays, get a, a Devontae Smith open, get a Quez Watkins open in the slot and kind of use Jalen Hurts' arm strength that we saw on display full-blown for the first time last week against the Broncos and really open up this playbook to let Jalen Hurts use everything in his arsenal. Yeah. You know, and it's a question, you know, if, you know, if it's the middle of the, if it's, if it's the beginning of the third quarter and it's 10, you know, it's 13 to three Saints, are you going to stay committed to it? Because it's easy, it's easy to commit to the run game when you're running for 200 yards and the game's, your game's always, you're always ahead or it's a one score game. It's much, much different when it's, when it's, you're down two scores. And the thing that's really kept the Saints in the game the last two weeks is their run defense is so impregnable. You know, Atlanta can't run the ball at all, but and Tennessee didn't have Derrick Henry. But Tennessee, you know, they get up 20-6, to six, and, you know, they looked at it, and they're like, look, the Saints have Trevor Simeon. We're up 20-6. to six, Just run the – we'll just run some clock, and we'll be fine. And it doesn't work against the Saints because they, they, they continue to play hard. And they force some three and outs, and it gives them a chance to get back in the game. Um, you know, the thing with the Saints is, and they did it against Tennessee, is their offense is without Kamara. Now, he practiced today, so maybe he'll be back. But against Tennessee, they were so limited. And the one thing they did, except for uh, one key drop, they, when they had a chance to make a play, when Deontay Harris had a chance to make the, a play, when Juwan Johnson, the backup tight end, had a chance to make a play, they made the plays and got those huge yards. Mark Ingram on a swing pass caught it. Like, whenever the Saints had a chance to hit those big plays, they hit them. And the thing is, you know this, when your offense is sort of struggles and limited, like, you're not Kansas City. Like, if Mahomes misses two throws in the first quarter – as a Kansas City fan, they're probably like, oh, that's cool. He's open. We'll, we'll just hit, we'll eventually, we'll hit that play, right? With the Saints, if Deontay Harris is open for a big game, like they have got to cash that ticket. And that's the thing with this offense that'll be, that'll be really interesting. And like the field goal kicking situation, the bizarre thing is, as bad as they've been on extra points, the kicker's perfect on field goal. So it'll be really interesting to see, like, what is like? What's the confidence of Sean Payton in in the field goal kicker when he's like, if it's like four, if it's like fourth and four from the thirty-one, is he going to trot out Brian Johnson for a forty-eight-yard field goal? Is he going to go for it? It's 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 all these different things, interesting wise. But I'm curious, how do you how do you, how do the, the Eagles fear about your offensive line? Like I know y'all had Lane, Lane Johnson was missing games because the Saints pass rush. Now that Marcus Davenport, he's back. He's been a force the last two weeks. It's kind of been an up-and-down year. Like you said, Lane Johnson missed some time uh, for a little bit of a stretch there. Jordan Mailata was out, uh, and that really shuffled some things uh, where, you know, Andre Dillard wasn't awful, but it wasn't what we had seen from Jordan Mailata, and then you had Mailata swapping over to right tackle when Lane Johnson was out. Brandon Brooks has been out 
pretty much the entire season, which has put a, a big gash in just, you know, the the coming into the season uh, type of idea that you had for this offensive line. And then obviously Jason Kelsey, future Hall of Famer, is uh, playing center still and, and still playing at a ridiculously high level. Um, but I think overall, like, the offensive line has been one of the, the strengths for this team. Jalen Hurts has barely gotten hit as much as you would think this season in terms of just how the Eagles games have played out all year. Uh, he's one of the least hit quarterbacks in the entire league. And sure, that's a credit to him being able to, you know, extend plays and, and use his legs to, to move out of the pocket and uh, move the ball up the field. But I think overall, the offensive line has kind of been on the back burner in terms of just top worry priorities. I think our biggest issue uh, is very similar to, what the the Saints are dealing with and it's it's we've complained about the wide receivers where we have Devontae Smith but he's a rookie and then everybody else on this roster and I've said it from the get-go and it made no sense to me that the Eagles wide receivers the longest tenured NFL career is Greg Ward who's a converted quarterback to wide receiver who it took years for him to break off the practice squad and get onto the regular roster for the Eagles Everyone else is either a rookie or in their second year. There's no veteran real leadership on the wide receiver core. The running backs are all still relatively young, even though they're veterans. Uh, the offensive line is like the most seasoned uh, position group on this team on the offensive side of the ball. And then our coaching staff, everybody except for Jeff Stoutland, is new in the position they're coaching in. So I think just the overall just – lack of you know veteran leadership on the offense is a big concern but the offensive line hasn't really been a worry for me it's mostly been who the hell is Jalen Hurts going to throw the ball to when the running game you know disappears and Devontae Smith's getting double covered because everybody knows he's the best pass catcher on this roster Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know the Saints are going to play. They're going to play press man. Their defensive line, like, it's the pass rush has sort of come and gone, but now that Onyemata and Marcus Davenport are back, like, it's sort of thrived. Now, Matt Ryan lit them up, and then he remembered that he's 100 years old and was terrible <laughs> against Dallas. Um, you know, so they've, they've sort of struggled in the secondary, you know, because they, they had a stretch early in the year where they were just – I mean, they just – they just absolutely suffocated Seattle. Now I know, but the, but against Seattle, they they gave up one big play. But you know, I know that Russell Wilson was out, but they had that game. I mean, that they and they sort of they just sort of have Tom Brady's number. Even in the playoff game with that that Tampa won, Brady was just man. He he didn't turn the ball over, and that was the difference. They sort of just have their they they just sort of have their number. They sort of understand what Tampa is going to do. And the thing about Tampa is Tampa's really sloppy. Um, so that, that, that is an advantage usually for the Saints because they aren't. Uh, but this defense, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting against, against, against Philly because I, I just, 
I love it when when you have strength on strength, and you and you and you know if Philly's going to try to run the ball, they're going to do RPOs and stuff. Sure, but I, I would think they're going to try to run the ball in the Saints at least early, right? Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the Saints uh, respond to it. I wonder if the Saints are going to do they're going to if they implement their cam newton plan where you know for years and years they face off against cam newton and it would be like hey we're gonna must we're gonna mush rush and it's gonna be slow and you're gonna keep your gaps set that edge make cam newton make throws from the pocket and they had the same issues you guys like carolina receivers even when cam was good and carolina was going to play their receivers kind of stunk right so like that's the thing and Cam Newton was one of those things you could almost like he was like a, a like an NBA shooter, right? Like I always believe like Cam Newton, after like two series you would know. And you'd be like, he's either off or he's on fire. Like he was on fire in that playoff game against the Saints, and I was like, Oh my God, we have we have good Carolina has good Cam today and he's throwing ropes all over the joint. Or a lot of times in a regular season you'd get it and he would be bad and you'd be like, Cam Newton was terrible. So I'll be interested to see and this is a question for you. Has, has, has Hurts, has he shown in a game yet where, like, if the run game ain't going, can he drop back 30 times and be 24 of 30 for 250 and two touchdowns? Like, is he capable of it? Yeah, I think that's a big question that Eagles fans have right now is Jalen Hurts still hasn't played, you know, a full 16, now 17 game, uh, you know, NFL schedule in his career. He's still working towards that and will get there by the end of this season, but that's one of those things that Eagles fans, and I, I'm pretty sure the Eagles front office and the coaching staff want to see from him, is does he have that capability to go out there when the going gets tough? Can he drop back, throw the ball from the pocket, on the run, and kind of just create and be that guy? I, I think it's still been one of those things where we haven't really gotten an opportunity to see it too much from him. There have been glimpses of it, but there hasn't been a consistent showing of it. And I don't know if that's just an extension of, you know, the youth and inexperience of this coaching staff calling plays for Jalen Hurts as well. Um, but that's something I think, you know, a lot of Eagles fans and, you know, people who cover the team have been kind of wondering about Jalen Hurts is can he, you know, execute a game plan and, and drop back as a traditional passer as well as use his legs to his advantage because it's a skill set in his tool belt. Yeah, it, it it it'll be it'll be fascinating. You know, the, the thing with the Eagles that that's incredible to me is for a four and six team to be winless at home is just bizarre. Like usually, if a team is four and six, they're probably like three and one at home and like one and five on the road, right? For them to be for them to be zero and four at home is just it's just bizarre, but it's been a lot of it's been a lot of close games. My question to you, as a Saints fan, you know, because as a Saints fan, I I watch a Saints game and I look for like cues of things that I know where they struggle or they know when they thrive early in game. As an Eagle fan, after like two series, what were things where you would be like, "Yeah, we're rolling. This is great. That means it's a good game." And what would be like, you'll be tweeting at me, "Oh my God, this is." terrible like this is a bad this is bad sign for eagles early in the game besides like obvious things like turnovers or whatever what are things that they, when the, when the eagles play bad 
that it's a telltale sign that it, it could be a bad Sunday that aren't obvious things unless you're an Eagles fan because you watch them every week. I think as of late, it's been, you know, looking at kind of the first quarter of the season where they just shied away from the run game so much and just forced, you know, the passing game. That was like, oh, we're screwed. You know, we're we're going three and out, trying to pass on every down. We don't really have, you know, full-blown pass catchers that can, you know, move the chains and, and get things going. Um, but, you know, with the run game as of late, probably since, you know, the turn of the month from September to October now and going into November, they've been able to run the ball and, and make downs more manageable for Jalen Hurts and for the offense to kind of execute the game plans that they've set in place for that week. So if they can, you know, run the ball and pick up three, four yards on first down, pick up another, you know, two or three yards and make it third and manageable, that's really when we've seen the third down execution for the Eagles pick up because early in the year they were horrendous on third down. It was like almost a given that if it was third down, they're not picking this up outside of like that Falcons game to kick off the season. It You know, they were – horrendous on third down but as of late they've really picked it up and their third down efficiency I think has gone up into the 70 percent uh you know range and then uh really the biggest thing throughout the season that we've really started to see improvement on uh they were horrendous in the red zone if they were in the red zone it was almost like all right just trot out Jake Elliott let's get the field goal and, and keep this thing going <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. The Saints, the Saints offense and defense in the red zone is ridiculous. Like, ridiculously good like yeah. that's the thing with James that's the thing with Jameis like people were like he's not throwing for a bunch of yards but the thing was the Saints Jameis was ruthlessly efficient in the red zone and, and the Saints against Tennessee they were really good in the red zone again the rest I, I won't I don't want to curse on your podcast but the Saints go got, ahead let it fucking fly got, buddy the Saints got fucked in the red zone against Tennessee that pass that rough in the passer call was horrific. And the thing is, you know this, Kyle. We'll, you'll, you'll watch a game, right, and you'll be like, oh, no, here comes the flag, and you kind of know, oh, it's going to be rougher than the passer. And you'll, you expect to see it, and you expect to be like, damn it, it's just like tiny, tiny helmet to helmet. And you're like, that's the rule. It's a stupid rule, but it's a penalty. God damn it. The tennis, the safe player, he did what you're supposed to do. He pulled up. And pushed him in the back, and mm-hmm. they threw a flag anyway. And it's just like, and the thing is, it wasn't. It wasn't even a swing of like, oh, they would have cooked. It was an interception. Like that would have been a crucial play. That swings the game. To, it would have been. It would have been at worst a six-six game going to halftime, and it's just. 
you know, it's just officiating. But I, I would say this. If I was an Eagle fan and you struggle in the red zone, that's a problem because the Saints defense has been lights out in the red zone, mostly because you can't run on the Saints. And so once you get in, you know, if you get in first, if you get in first and, you know, I've noticed with the Saints, a lot of times teams will have like first and goal at the eight, first and goal at the nine, which is just sort of a weird sort of break for the Saints. But because their run defense is a brick wall, when you have first and goal at the eight or nine, okay, you're running on first down. Congrats. You got two yards. It's second and, it's second and goal from the six. Now what you're going to do? So that run defense is really a, very, very strong thing for the Saints. The red zone, the red zone on offense, it sort of started to struggle a little bit because here's the bottom line. I know the stat nerds and all the people they make fun of Taysom Hill. The Saints gave him 140 million dollars of fake money, Kyle. But I'm going to tell you this: Taysom Hill, the Saints' running power inside the 10 yard line, it's basically unfucking stoppable, and teams. No, it's coming, and they still can't stop it. And I'm going to tell you this. This is how you know the Saints are ridiculously confident in it. They lined up against Tennessee with three tight ends and Taysom Hill in shotgun. Everyone in the fucking stadium was like, they're running Taysom Hill power to tie the game. Rabel called timeout. Sean Payton was like, I don't give a shit. We're running it again. We're going to run it anyway. And Troutman jumped. Solomon fall started, so they had to they had to change it because it was for, it was they had to do, do it from you can't run Taysom Power from the seven right, but that's how confident they are in the Taysom Hill goal line package. He's got a he got a horrible concussion against Washington. He hasn't been the same, so they've sort of limited him. They don't run it as much, but that's sort of been that was one of their secret sauce elements to get them to five and two. Um, so it'll be really interesting, and I'll be tweeting at you when the Eagles have goal to go or the Saints have goal to go like those are going to be in this game it's going to be so close like that's going to be the difference it's going to be one turnover it's going to be who went three for four in the red zone who went one for four like like it's going to be like all these things because these teams they're really even like I, I don't see I don't see any difference at all and I'll be I'll be stunned if this game is a two-score game like I just I just don't see it it, the only way it's going to be a multi-score game is if one offense crafts the bed and turns the ball over. Otherwise, it's going to go down to the wire, and it'll be a game with five minutes to go. Yeah, I totally agree, and I have to ask you this because, you know, like you said, Eagles legend Malcolm Jenkins, I miss him dearly. Um, one, how has Malcolm been overall since he's returned to the Saints? And two, do you view one of the key matchups in this game and kind of scheme-wise of – just having Malcolm cover Dallas Goddard because of one, the familiarity factor, and two, Malcolm just has that, you know, added speed element of not being a huge, burly, 250-pound linebacker and can kind of run with an athletic Dallas Goddard. Well, when they got Malcolm Jenkins, and, you know, he was one of the Sean Payton's favorite, and they, you know, they over, honestly, they thought about trading back for him and, and, and giving you guys Brandon Cooks, I think, you know, back a while ago. So Sean Payton loved him, and, and I knew it when they caught him two years ago. I was like, the Saints are going to be all over that. And sure enough, they were about to re-sign Von Bell and they got Malcolm Jenkins. But as Saints fans, we were like, $18 million for Malcolm Jenkins. He's kind of way older than Von Bell. You're paying like twice as much as you could have got Von Bell for. Is this working out? Like the first couple weeks, he was like, oh, Malcolm Jenkins, he looks kind of old. Like Darren Waller like cooked him. 
and we're like, eh, I don't know about this. But ever since then, like, he he erased Gronk, he erased Jimmy Graham, like, he was doing it, and he got a little nicked up this year with an knee, but he's been the same thing. The thing with Malcolm Jenkins is he's freakishly healthy, and you know, he's so strong. Like, if a tight end isn't oh, doesn't have elite speed, Malcolm Jenkins is fine. Like, Malcolm Jenkins is like, I'm going to get my hands on you, you're not doing nothing, right? And he's been tremendous for the Saints. I think the matchup with him and Goddard, I think Goddard will probably win some, but I'll be surprised if Malcolm Jenkins doesn't have a good game. And remember, like, he's coming back to Philly. You know he wants to you know he wants to stick it to the Eagles and be like, You you let me go. I helped you win a Super Bowl. I want to stick it to you. I, we lost last year in Philly. So um it's gonna be really it's gonna be really interesting. Malcolm Jenkins has been Malcolm Jenkins has been tremendous. Like it's it's really rare, Kyle, for a guy to be as as beloved as he is by two fan bases. You know, like like I mean, he got he helped you guys get a Super Bowl. He was with the Saints when they won the Super Bowl his first year, but like he's he's really beloved by Saints fans. And, I, and, I, and I'll say this: like I kind of hope the Saints like re up him and keep him. I know he's really old, but like maybe they can go year to year with him. Like he's been really good. He is one of those guys that are few and far between that leaves one franchise, goes to another one, and, you know, we, we got a chance in Philadelphia to kind of experience it with the Phillies when they traded for Roy Halladay, where Roy Halladay is beloved in Toronto and he's beloved in Philadelphia. Malcolm will go down, I think, when it's all said and done. Yeah. People will remember him as a New Orleans Saint and they'll remember him as a Philadelphia Eagle, which is so rare in any sport but Malcolm's going to have that opportunity to do that because of how successful he's been in two cities. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, the, the, the thing is with the Saints is, and that Drew Brees gone, the defense is really the leaders on the team. You know, Kamara and Ingram are fun. It's great to have the greatest comedy duo in NFL history back when they win. The post-game press conferences are hilarious and fun. But, like, the leaders on the team are Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins. Like, it is a defensive it is a defensive-led team. And the thing is, Malcolm Jenkins, DeMario Davis, are in their 30s. DeMario Davis, he's just incredible. Like, he's been a guy. I remember when the Saints signed him, we were like, oh, my God, they signed this 29-year-old linebacker. from He bounced back and forth from Cleveland and the Jets. The Saints, they haven't had a good linebacker in years. What are they doing? And he's just been – he's been incredible. I mean, his game against Seattle was remarkable. Uh, and now they have Kawan Alexander, so so it's it's just it's a fun year. I will say this before we get out here: this year for the Saints, as frustrating as it's been with all the injuries, and it has been frustrating. It's been really sort of fun in this crazy kind of way. In that Sean Payton has to coach his ass off every week, and it's just interesting to see can he get this team to nine wins and be a seven seed in the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you, the Saints can't win a Super Bowl because you can't win a Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon. You can't, okay? But I'm going to tell you, I 100% believe the Saints could get in the NFC playoffs and they can ruin a team's dreams. Like, Kyle, you're not going to tell me the Saints can't go to Dallas and Sean Payton can't outcoach Mike McCarthy in a playoff game? Like, they can't win three games. But they can win one. You can't tell me the Saints defense couldn't go to Los Angeles and wreck Matthew Stafford. Like, you want, and I'm sure you're thinking that as an Eagles fan too. Like, 
you want in the NFC playoffs because it's chaos, and you're like nine and eight, eight and nine. I don't care. Just get me in, baby, because the NFC playoffs is going to be chaos, and you want the ticket in. That's how I, that's how I feel. And I'm like, he's like, well, maybe we need a tank and get a quarterback. I'm like, tank for who? For the Pittsburgh quarterback that I mean, I've seen him like four plays on YouTube or Matt Corral from Ole Miss? No. Go nine and eight, get in the freaking playoffs, and let's see how it goes. Like, I'm not, I'm, and you guys, especially, you have three first round picks. Yeah, we're just rooting for the Dolphins to keep on losing. Yeah, you don't need to root, you, you, you can root for other teams to lose. Like, y'all <laughs> in the best position of all, right? So, like, you won in the NFC playoffs, and I'll say this as we close, is that's why Sunday is so important, because I'm telling you, you're going to get to that last week, and you're going to have Carolina, you're going to have the Saints, you might have Atlanta, you might have Philly and the 49ers. Like, they're all going to be like eight and se- You know, they're all going to be like eight and eight or nine and seven or what, or maybe seven and nine. Like, so you have all these teams going for that last spot, maybe the last two, and it's going to matter. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, God damn it. We lost to the Saints. We can't be, we can't be in a head to head tie. We got to be in a four way with the Saints because they beat us and we beat Carolina and, like, so all these games against these NFC bottom middling teams, like, they are, this game is huge. Like, like if you told me the Saints were going to be 6-6 six and because six, they got Dallas and Buffalo coming up after, if you told me the Saints would be 6-6, six and six, I would say win Sunday. Because I know they're not in a tiebreaker with Buffalo because they're in AFC. I know Dallas isn't going to matter because they're going to win the East. Philadelphia is the game that matters, and I bet you you would say the same if you said, look, in – Two weeks or whatever, we're going to be six and six. You say I got to beat the Saints. I got to beat these other NFC teams that I'm in contention with. So this game, God, it's it's huge. But I love it. Like it's fun to be in contention. It's fun when your team matters. So it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous, especially with the Eagles' month of December when they play the Jets and then all NFC East teams. So it's going to be absolute chaos we'll close with this i gotta ask how my south jersey native caesar ruiz is doing at that right guard position and i've asked everybody that's come on this year you've been on the show multiple times now uh i've added a fun question depending on who's on but i gotta ask you know your podcast saints happy hour which member of this saints team would you want to have on the podcast crack open a couple beers with and just shoot the shit with Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. (laughs) You already know. I think that's how it always goes. like 45 minutes and we're at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? 
we're back. Ooh, Caesar Ruiz, he, he's up and down. Like, he, he was looking good at guard. Then he had to play center, which he hadn't played all training camp. They're like, yeah, McCoy got hurt. We got to play at center. And he got crushed last week early. He, he got knocked back. He fell over. Maybe he was wearing the wrong cleats or something. So he's been up and down. But you see the physical skills. You see why they face like him. But, but their, their draft class from last year, uh, Cesar Ruiz, uh, Zach Vaughn, and Troutman. Troutman is uh, public enemy number one for Saints fan. They blame him for the last two losses. He, he jumped off sides on the two-point conversion. He dropped the critical fourth down against Atlanta. They traded up to get him. Like, their, their 2020 draft class is looking very, very busty. Um, the Saints player that I would want to have a drink with, we asked this question on the podcast. We said, who would it be? I said it would be C.D. Deuce because I think C.D. Deuce could be really, really fun drinking or he could get rest, reckless and get you arrested, right, because he talks a lot of <laughs> shit and he gets people to punch him in the face. So, like, if you got drunk with C.D. Deuce, it might be amazing in Vegas and you might end up in jail. So, like, C.D. Deuce is the guy I pick because it could go – it could go really, really far, or it could go really off the rails, or both. And coming to theaters this summer, The Hangover 4, starring Saints Happy Hour and C.D. Deuce. That's right. <laughs> Ralph, it's always a blast talking Eagle Saints with you. Let everybody know where they can check out uh, everything you guys are doing with Saints Happy Hour and where they can check you out on social media. Check out, check out Saints Happy Hour. And look, I know you're Eagles fans. You're like, I don't want to check out Saints Happy Hour. But listen, we do a Spotify show every Wednesday night. Check us out. It'll be free if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday. Saints Happy Hour. We're going to talk everything Eagles. If you want to join us and you're listening to this Wednesday and, it, and you can join us live, join us at 9 o'clock. We'll have fun. It'll be fun. We're talking Eagles. And we, our motto is we either laugh, at, we laugh with the Saints when they win, we laugh at them when they lose. Like our podcast, jokes take precedence over everything. So we're having fun. If you want to join in and make fun of us, like you, as long as your jokes are good, we're we're with it. So Kyle, it's always a pleasure, and I won't wish you good luck Sunday, but I know we'll be we'll be we'll be making jokes on Twitter. So. Oh, we'll definitely be joking go. around on Twitter. Make sure you guys check out Saints Happy Hour wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, check out their Patreon as well, and uh, follow Ralph at Saints Forecast on the Twitter machine. Uh, but it's always a pleasure, my man, and I'm sure we'll be having some fun banter on Sunday. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening and checking out Eagles Enemies. The support for this show is the reason it sticks around year after year. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out our website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Be a Friend, Tell a Friend, and subscribe subscribe, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating and review to let us know how you're feeling about each and every Eagles matchup throughout the season. We hope you guys enjoy season four of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia, and we'll catch you on the gridiron next week. Go Eagles!